When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Social Security is one of the most complex and confusing federal programs. With over 2,700 rules, it's no wonder that we're confused about when and how to start collecting and who to turn to for help. Welcome to Social Security Answers from the Experts, hosted by Martha Shedden. In this podcast series, Martha meets with professionals to provide you with the answers to questions about this most important financial decision. And now, here's your host, President and co-founder of the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts, Martha Shedden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Martha Shedden, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming Shauna, the tax goddess, to the podcast. Shauna is a CPA and founder of Tax Goddess Business Services, a full-service tax and accounting firm with a focus on tax strategy and planning to help lower and minimize taxes for business owners and investors. Shauna has a master's degree in taxation, and before starting her own company, worked with different corporations such as KPMG and American Express. Shauna, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation to say the least. It is. It is. So first of all, tell us how you came to be a tax goddess. (sighs) Well, that's a good question. I started off in astrophysics of all things, but we won't go that far back. Very long story short, my brain is definitely a numbers brain. Absolutely love numbers, love pulling them apart. Um, love figuring out the system and the rules and how to play the game. And so, of course, I've now been doing taxes for almost 21 years, 22 years, so say a very long time, let's put it that way. And over time, uh, to go along with the hair, uh, the moniker has just kind of stuck. The tax goddess uh, just kind of seems to suit the personality. So along with, you know, being ranked in the top 1% in the country for what I do, those kinds of things, uh, also very, very helpful. So very wonderful. And that explains it perfectly. Uh, <laughs> So as it relates to Social Security retirement planning, exactly how much of your business is focused on retirement planning and tax strategies? Um, Does it include a comprehensive evaluation of the decumulation of assets throughout retirement? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, we look at everything on a very broad spectrum, a very broad range, right? Because we have, I think our youngest client is 16 and our oldest client is 98, 96, 98. So it's a pretty broad range when we start talking about age. And so, you know, of course, my 16 year old is kind of like retire when later, right? But when you get to your 30, 40, 50, right? They're 
started, this is starting to become a very heavy consideration um, as to, you know, at some point I'd like to actually stop working 12 to 14 hours a day and really building this business and, you know, retire maybe sounds good, you know? So, so how do we do that? What do we talk about? So yeah, absolutely. You know, we look at people in that entire range in the accumulation and then the decumulation is actually extremely important because there's multiple different ways to do that. If during your accumulation phase, you put away everything that's going to be taxable. Well, if it's all taxable, when you get to the decumulation stage, you could be in some significant trouble. So the tax strategy piece is looking at not only how do we save taxes now, but also how do we manage, mitigate, remove taxes by the time we get to retirement, you know, decumulation, pulling that income down. So, right. It's a really complicated puzzle that that retirement doesn't love the tax code, you know, (laughs) little fun things. It's all, it's all in the tax code. So yes. (laughs) So explain for our listeners how a retiree's social security is affected by their taxes. What mistakes are people making and what can be done to optimize the taxation of social security income as well as other income? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the instant one that comes to mind is not having a business. And I'm going to explain that here in a minute <laughs> because there's there's two there's two big mistakes that I see without with well let's back up okay if you're straight up W two right so you work for somebody else you're a W two employee there's not a whole lot you can do to plan not from the tax angle okay because what you have is what you have you pay tax you gain income that's what you have. Okay. So the biggest mistake that I see, especially when we get to the point of retirement, is you can pull retirement, you can pull Social Security, right? Uh, But if you make over a certain dollar amount, that Social Security is going to become taxable. So if you have a business, this is where mistake number one, not having a business is a problem. If you have a business, you can plan how much income you have. Okay. You can actually choose how much income you report every single year, right? So if we're in that, there's like a time period, there's a specific time period there until you hit a certain age where you are limited on how much income you can make. Well, when you hit that age, then you can make all the income you want to and none of your social security is taxed. So we like that a lot, right? But you got to get to that age. So having a business allows you to use tax strategies to reduce your other income so that your social security isn't taxed. So that's one of the big mistakes that I see is people not planning properly for how to not pay tax on social security. Okay. So that's, oh, go ahead. No, well, so I was going to say, what type of business? I mean, there's different business structures. This is a fun one. Uh, Basically any of them. Now, listen, the biggest answer in my world is it depends. That is the answer to everything in the tax world, right? It depends. Okay. So a C corporation, for example, would you be able to choose literally my salary is $30,000. Now there's some caveats, please. Anybody don't take advice. You heard on a podcast, go talk to a qualified professional, right? There's some caveats and, and things that you have to do and they have to be done right to make that work. But a C corporation is an easy choice for something like that because the C corporation would have its own bubble of taxation that is completely separate from you. Okay. Now there are other ways to do that. You could have an S corp, you could have a partnership, uh, sole proprietorship, if you implement other strategies. So we look at as a tax goddess, right? My, me and my team, we look at a little over 400 strategies 
on ways that we can reduce your taxable income. So if we look at 400 of them in your custom case, and that's why I'm saying it depends for everybody because it depends on who you are, what you have, what are the situations, you know, these things. But if we look at 400 of them and five of them apply and get your income low enough so that your social security income isn't taxed, we've now just solved the problem. So the tax code is very much like playing a game of chess, a giant game of chess. Here's the set of rules. Here's what I'm trying to get to. How do I line it up to get to what I need? Yes. With all those possibilities for moving things around. Yes. So for financial professionals and individuals listening, um, what should they know about a smart tax strategy and how that can affect the longevity and standard of living in retirement? Ooh, I like it. Okay. A smart tax strategy. So the instant thing that comes into mind, so I'm going I'm to answer the first part of the question, and then we're going to go back to the second part of the question. So a smart tax strategy, the very, in my opinion, the most important question, you as a listener, you as a financial advisor, anybody listening should be asking of the client and of any professional that you work with is what is your aggression scale? Okay. Now, not a lot of people have heard this. Financial advisors, sometimes you guys have heard this because you deal with it with relation to stock picking, right? Should I go into stocks or bonds? You know, kind of that aggression scale. We have something very similar in the tax world, right? Zero to 10. Zero meaning the IRS will never call me, never ever, unless it's a random audit, because that can happen. 10 meaning we're all going to jail. Okay. Right. (laughs) Martha, your face just said it all right there. Okay. So the reason why I'm saying a smart strategy, okay, you have to understand where do you sit as a client, right? The person whose money it is, and where are your advisors? Okay. So tax goddess, we sit at an eight, which means we will push the envelope if you want us to, okay, we will go to a two or a zero or four or whatever that is. But an eight, we will push the boundary, but we're crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's. You seem very nice, Martha, but I'm not going to jail for you. Not happening, right? Like, no, it's just not happening. So as a client, you need to think about where do you sit on that scale? If you are really a zero, I never want to hear from you. Like never, ever, ever, ever. And I'm willing to leave money on the table to do that. You need to know that you're a zero and you need to know that your CPA is a zero, your financial advisor is a zero, your social security planner is a zero. Like everybody on your team needs to be where you're at. Okay. Or where you want to be. I should say there's a big difference between where you're currently at, where you want to be. Because <laughs> we hear that all the time. Well, I'm currently at a two, but I want to be an eight. Okay. Let's go make plans for an eight. So the reason why I think that question, that aggression scale question is uh-huh. such an important question when it comes to any kind of planning, tax planning, social security planning, any kind of planning of any kind, because you have to feel comfortable with what you're signing, right? right? You have to know what you're doing. Okay. So then the second part of your question is really how is that helping when it then comes to retirement, right? Actually pulling out money and how my lifestyle looks and all of these things when I actually get to retirement. Well, listen, a level zero strategy, and there are some great ones. So don't get me wrong. It's not like all the good ones are a level eight, right? There are some good ones at level zero, good at two, good at four. There's there's good ones all the way through. But a level eight strategy generally is going to give you a better return on investment, generally. Right. And whether that's ROI of time, whether that's ROI of actual money, you know, there are lots of versions of return on investment. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at where you are 
and you work backwards to where you want to be, right? So we tend to ask people, well, how much money do you want to spend when you get to retirement? If you have, assuming you have no cars, no mortgage, no debt, you know, we, we have to make some assumptions here, right? How much do you want to spend? What do you think that's going to look like? Is that 5,000 a month, 10,000 a month? I've had clients tell me $30,000 a month. Okay, then we need to be booking a lot in assets right now. And if you're super conservative, we need even more <laughs> assets yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that, that aggression scale question is very important in my world because it also, of course, applies to tax strategies, right? If right. I can save you a bunch of taxes, that will help you build that little nest egg now so that you have more to have the $30,000 a month when you get to retirement. So. And then you have that longevity of the portfolio by managing well. Yeah. Again, going back to your aggression scale, you might be a level eight on the tax side, save me all the money right now, but you want your long-term planning, the person watching the money to be a two. Right. Right. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the biggest mistakes that individuals are making that affect their retirement planning besides not having a business? Are there Mm -hmm. others? Oh, absolutely. Not looking at opportunities. I think that's the biggest thing that stands out in my mind, right? And I will absolutely say there are some good people out there and there are some not so good people out there, right? Uh, But I think the biggest one is keeping an open mind. So one of my favorite ones personally, and, and I see this over and over and over again, is the use of insurance for retirement planning. You know, there's two pieces there. The use of insurance, most people, when they hear insurance, they instantly shut off their mind. Nope, nope, I don't need an insurance policy. I don't want to get sold. I don't want to have something slimy. Like, you know, insurance, unfortunately, the term insurance has had such a negative vibe around it, right? That people just, the instant they hear the word insurance. So I always, always follow up. That's one sentence. The use of insurance for retirement, not insurance for insurance, the use of insurance for retirement, because we've got some amazing, not we, I don't even sell this stuff, right? I mean, financial planners do, insurance planners do, right? But there are some amazing tools. Insurance is a tool like anything else, right? Uh, There are some amazing tools that you can, for example, Again, guys, nobody quote us. This is a podcast, okay? But for example, if you put away $100 a month for your seven-year-old who's now working for you in your business, side note, tax tip, but $100 a month for your seven-year-old, by the time that seven-year-old hits 65, they're looking at having somewhere between five and $10 million in assets. You've just set up that kid when they started at the age of seven. I mean, there's huge, you know, you talk about length of time and these kinds of things. Some of these insurance programs are spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. What, what is that insurance policy for the, mm-hmm. it's an insurance policy for the child? Yeah, so it's an insurance policy. So the, the most common names, this particular type of tool, the most common names that we hear are either infinite banking or premium financing, okay? And I'm the first person to say there's good ones and there's bad ones, okay? So the, the whole point of this conversation is keep your mind open. This particular thing is an example of of something you should be considering and looking at and reaching out to professionals on. But with both infinite banking and premium financing kind of depends on assets and income and all this other kind of jazz, health, that kind of thing. But generally a seven-year-old's super healthy, generally, right? So yeah, this is an insurance policy that you can pay in premiums. The child can also borrow against it. So they've, that's why they call it infinite banking. They've literally created their own bank. So we've got a ton of clients who started these things when the kids were seven, kids are now 18. 
they go get student loans. One of my favorites, go get student loans from, for college, pay for college, let your money continue to grow for four or five, six years while you're in college. Okay. At the end, take a loan from your own infinite banking program, pay off the student loans. So you pay no interest to the student loans. You're paying interest to yourself and you have your money and it's a big circle. I mean, there's some amazing programs out there. These are the types of things. And my favorite bit about insurance, insurance is not taxable. Insurance has no tax. Okay. It's effectively tax-free income for retirement. And when you die, generally it's tax-free to any of your heirs. So not only are you getting tax-free money for retirement, but you're also setting up your family. It's really hard for me to argue with that. But, you know, going back to your original question, well, if people don't keep their minds open to opportunities and what's out there, they will miss something like that. Well, and does that apply to annuities as well? That's that that automatic negative reaction when you mention annuities, when you mention reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages are amazing tools. Absolutely amazing if they're done right by quality professionals, because this, you know, you're going to get bad people. There's bad tax strategists out there. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I've come across multiple of them, right? Where they tell a client to go do something. I'm like, they told you to do what? Like, oh my goodness. You know, so really when you're looking at these kinds of things, that's why I'm saying that the biggest mistake people have is not keeping an open mind. It's right. not about you're not using this strategy or that strategy. It's about keeping an open mind. What is the right fit for you and what you want and your goals and where are you going? Because if you like your team, right? So you've got your insurance professional, financial advisor, tax strategist, CPA, bookkeeper, like whoever's on your financial team, right? Your banker, right? You've got six people and all six of them are telling you, yeah, this is a tool and it's great. Why would you say no to that? I mean, that's right. why you've hired a financial team. <laughs> that's the whole point, yeah. right? Exactly. So just keeping that open mind, I think, is, is one of the biggest mistakes that I see. I couldn't agree with you more. I run into that a lot with our clients that they're just, for me, it's mostly recommending that they consider reverse mortgages, that they be get educated on them because yes. there's so much equity in, in many people's yeah. homes. and. Yeah. Why not use that if you can? They're just, yeah. they're amazing. <clears throat> so interesting to know that about insurance. There's some amazing tools out there. Yeah. And it's really, you know, your neighbor of a neighbor of a friend of the uncle of the sister had a bad experience and that yeah. just blew it for everybody. Right. right. doesn't mean you're going to have a bad experience. That's Find right. good people. Find good people. That yeah. and keep an open mind. That's, that's, yeah. that's your homework, everybody. Find good people and keep an open mind. It takes some interviewing, I think, to find the right. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, we work with generally um, higher wealth individuals for what we do. And when we speak with them, they tell us, you're the fifth person we've interviewed, right? We haven't found, we didn't like them. You know, the aggression scale question, that's, I've never heard anyone else ever ask that. So everybody else is welcome to steal that question. It's my favorite question. But, you know, we, we have people tell us, nobody's ever asked us that. Like, that's really smart and very important to what we do, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, finding the right team and interview. Yeah. Absolutely. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so on your experience and knowledge, what are the top two or three most important takeaways for financial and tax professionals Okay. Helping their clients with the social security claiming and retirement planning. Ooh. Uh, number one, if it's not your specialty, ask for help. 
go go find somebody whose specialty it is. Okay, uh, you know because all of us, right? I mean, there are six hundred and sixty thousand CPAs in the U.S., and I'm a CPA. Okay, so six hundred and sixty thousand. There's only fifteen people in the country that specialize in what I do. So for tax strategy. So there's, you know, same thing happens in social security, same thing happens in this type of stock trading or whatever, right? So um, tip number one is absolutely, if you don't know, like, no, no, like really no, find a specialist, okay? Uh, Because your clients will appreciate it. They understand that not everybody is a specialist in everything. They're not gonna run away from you because you're not a specialist in this one area. They've built a relationship with you. So don't panic. Go find a specialist is most important in my mind. Again, it takes a team, like you said. Got to have a team, have to have a team, right? Um, Yeah, team, for sure. Um, Let's see, the second big mistake that I see for professionals. Well, if you can't find a specialist, I guess, because sometimes, you know, you should be able to, but sometimes you just can't or you're not connected or whatever. uh, Research, research, read, research, keep your mind open, <laughs> go, go find other options. What other options are there? You know, sometimes uh, being in a professional group is probably one of my favorite tips, okay? Because even if you don't know and your group doesn't maybe have a specialist, when you get 40 CPAs in a room, when you get 40 financial advisors in a room, somebody's seen it. Somebody knows, somebody's had an experience with this, good or bad, to tell you what to watch and what to watch out for, right? So being in professional organizations where you actually feel connected and that you can have frank conversations about what's going on, super important. So, Really good advice. And I've, I've been in a number of women's networking groups, small business, and so wonderful to have that that um, connection with all those other people. And sometimes it's as simple as, hey guys, I need to get my car detailed. Who's the best person for that? It doesn't even have to necessarily be business. When you get into these groups, no. it's it's good to have it. Then you have your own team. Yeah. Of other CPAs or other financials or you know whoever. So. Yeah. What do you think are retirees' biggest fears related to taxes? And and what advice government's going to take it all? <laughs> um, every every time, every time. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I didn't mean to. No, that. I just uh, what what advice to overcome whatever their fears are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the biggest fears, the biggest two fears that I hear from the tax end, right? Government's going to take it all, right? And when they take it all, then I'm not going to have enough money, right? I'm going to be out of money. I'm going to have to go back to work. What do I do? What do I do then? Or there's going to be like a crash, right? I mean, there, there's all these. Uh, what's going on right now? And the stock market's going yeah. nuts. And like, oh my God, am I going to have enough on the day that I need to pull it out? So um, the advice that I have, right? <laughs> Always have a plan, right? Here's plan A. I've saved, I've put my money in, I've diversified, I've got insurance, I've got stocks, I've got bonds, I've got you know real estate, like I've diversified, I've got crypto, like I've done all the things. That's plan A, right? Everything's going to be just fine. Everything's going to be fine. Okay. Have plan B, have plan C. Have plan D, right? If the stock market crashes, can I survive? And there's a difference between surviving okay and thriving on how much money you have in these other options, real estate, insurance, you know, generally, generally, everything does not crash all at the same time. Generally, the stock market tanks, housing goes a little weird, fine, you still have your insurance, right? So it's all about the diversification. 
having a plan, right? If this goes bad, then what? If this goes bad, then what? If we're on number F in that list of plans, are you moving to Mexico? Because Mexico is cheap and living on the beach is awesome. So, you know, what, what are those plans? Um, honestly, I believe that if you've gone through in your mind the worst case scenario that can possibly happen to you and you've figured out an answer, if this happens, then what am I going to do? One, hopefully it never happens. Like never, ever, right? Like, are you down now to living in a bunker in the deep New Mexico desert? Like, what is the plan Z? I don't know. But, you know, hopefully those things never, ever happen. But hope is not a strategy, right? So if you have a plan, if you have a strategy for all of the things that could go wrong, if any one of those go wrong, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I already had a plan for that. That's fine. Let's go do this other thing, right? And I honestly, I believe that a lot of people, especially when it comes to retirement, my 16 year olds, yeah, I'll get to retirement later. They're digging their head in their sand. At some point, you're going to want to retire. This is not a maybe if like at some point you're going to want to sit on a beach in Mexico with a cute little drink with an umbrella in it, right? Like, I mean, it's going to happen. So figure out a plan. You just answered the next question because (laughs) what pre-retirees don't know about retirement is they don't seem to understand until it's too late that they need to plan. Yes. They come um, to me for help with social security and they're so distraught and so confused. And once they have the plan and they have the action and the steps to take, it's they know what to do. World. There's yeah. a path. There's a path. And, yeah. and I'm gonna, I hope this is all right. I'm going to quote my mama, who I think is the smartest woman on the entire planet. So mama, if you ever hear this, but anyway, point being, she always said, listen, if you, you're saying distraught, right, go have a good cry about it and then figure it out. Yeah, it is what it is. So go figure it out. Come yeah. up with a plan. There's nothing else you're going to do. Go action. figure out. a plan. Take action. Yeah, exactly. What about tax professionals? How can they stay on the cutting edge of their business? What, what do you do to, besides just paying attention to all the tax rule changes? I mean, considering tax rule changes. So I get three emails from the IRS every day, and I get at least one email every day from every state. So that's about 50 emails worth of tax data. Well, 50, 51 plus the two, we're at about 60 emails a day in tax data, right? For most professionals, you don't have time to read 60 emails and go follow all the links and do all the, re- I mean, you know, you just wow. don't. So the, <laughs> if you can build a team so that you have time to do that. Okay. So step one, have an assistant to check your email, whatever, right. Uh, you know, build a team. But um, if you really can't, I kind of, I kind of go back to the organization, right? Having other people around you that are smarter than you or more experienced than you. I mean, I'm still fairly young in my industry, right? I mean, 21 years is not a long time to be doing what I do. It's long, but not that long, right? I mean, there's people in my industry as CPAs, they've been doing it for 60 years. They know more than you do. They just do, right? They've seen it. They've experienced it, whatever. They may not know, you were talking about the cutting edge, You may know more about the tech and the cryptocurrency stuff that's coming out, but they know more about how to get around it with 1202 stock or whatever, you know, whichever type of tax strategy we're going to use for that. So, yeah. That's good advice. Um, So for someone who's planning to retire in five years and they will only remember one or two things from this interview with you, what would you like them to remember 
to better situate themselves for retirement. I can kind of guess what you're going to say. Yeah, definitely uh, build your team now, right? Interview, aggression scale, get the team that you like, get them in place, right? Make sure that they're doing what you want them to do at your aggression scale, at your levels. Um, Yeah, just start researching, keep an open mind. If you have five years until retirement, start looking at options. And I mean, big options. I don't even mean little options. Like really, I kind of jokingly mentioned Mexico. We have so many people leaving the US. We've got clients that live in Costa Rica, Mexico, Thailand, the Philippines, you know, pick a place. There are a million different options if you keep your eyes open. So, yeah. Can you share something that you've learned or discovered in your work that our listeners would be surprised to know, or not even in your work, anything that our listeners would be surprised to know about you? About me? About you or anything? That's an open-ended question. Ooh, that's a big question Um, about me. You know what's going through my mind? There's a game that I've played before that's called Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, I've heard of that. Yes. One of my favorite games to play in like a social setting when you're just meeting new people. So, okay. Martha, do you you want to play really quick? You want to play? Sure. Let's play. (laughs) We'll play. It'll answer your question. I promise. Okay. So um, at one point in my life, I was fluent in 23 ancient Chinese weapons. Um, I know how to read Egyptian hieroglyphs straight off a wall. Like I can read it down the wall and tell you the story. I am one of two Weckerlings on the planet. Which one is the lie? Oh my gosh. I've never played with someone like you. <laughs> well, we're going to make it interesting. Go, go ahead. You're one of two Weckerlings? One of two Weckerlings on the entire planet. Which one's the lie? You can read Hebrew or uh, hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs. Hier- Egyptian hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. And what was the first one? At one point, I was fluent in 23 ancient Chinese weapons. You say them all with such confidence. It's part of the game. (laughs) I would say the middle one, B. B. It is actually C. I can. At one point, I was a, well, I still am technically, a brown belt in northern Shaolin Kung Fu. So at one point, I was absolutely fluent in 23 ancient Chinese weapons. So that is true. Number B, I can physically, and I've been to Egypt. It's a long story. If you want the story, I'll tell you. Uh, But I can actually read hieroglyphs and tell you the story off the wall, which is very cool. And number three, one of two, I am the only Weckerling on the planet. Really? Really. So that is the lie. And there you go. So those are interesting things about. Okay. That wins the prize for interview (laughs) questions. Oh that was gosh. the best question. That was perfect. So thank you. Oh, it's so fun talking to you. Where can people go to learn more about you and get in touch? Absolutely. So the easiest way to find me is taxgoddess.com. We're super easy to find. Obviously, we've been all over the place. Uh, so yeah, just type in tax goddess to Google and you will find us. Thank you. That's it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Please tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and our expert guests share a wide variety of knowledge on retirement related topics. We'll see you next week. Bye.